Amazing Wildlife, the educational series dedicated to the wonders of the animal kingdom. On this episode, with an aggressive nature and close contact with people, the most dangerous shark in the world, the bull shark. Often seen hitching a ride on whales, turtles, and sharks, learn about the sucker fish known as remoras. Found in the southern waters of Australia, the decorative and mysterious sea dragons. Featuring the world's most fantastic animals, amazing wildlife. Sharks can be found throughout the world. From the giants like the whale shark, the basking shark, and the infamous white shark, to the smallest like the dwarf lantern shark and the dogfish. Sharks are certainly recognized and often feared in oceans around the globe. But at least one species of shark is not limited to marine habitats. Often found in freshwater estuaries, rivers, and even lakes, the bull shark is rather unique among the planet's top predatory fish. A stocky, heavy-bodied gray shark with a short, bluntly rounded snout, female bull sharks may reach lengths of up to 11 feet long. Sexually dimorphic, females may weigh up to 700 pounds and grow much larger than the male bull sharks, which grow to weights just over 200 pounds and measure 7.5 feet long. Juvenile bull sharks are usually brownish-gray in color, but develop a more gray topside and lighter belly as they mature. This countershading coloration is common among many aquatic predators. Bull sharks' upper teeth are broad, jagged, and triangular, while the lower teeth are slender, pointed, and edged with fine serrations. Bull sharks may have up to 350 teeth in their mouth at one time, comprised of 50 rows of teeth with seven teeth in each row. Bull sharks are typically solitary animals, only coming together to mate. Offspring are usually born in the spring or summer, except in warm climates where young may be born year-round. Bull sharks become mature between 14 and 18 years of age. They are believed to live up to 30 years in the wild. Bull sharks are classified among the Recreum sharks, which include other species like the lemon sharks, blue sharks, and the tiger shark. Bull sharks, unlike nearly all other shark species, have the ability to live and thrive in fresh water. They may even give birth in freshwater habitats. While bull sharks are generally found along coastal waters, it is not uncommon for them to venture up freshwater rivers. Bull sharks have been found as far north up the Mississippi River as the state of Illinois and more than 2,000 miles up the Amazon River in South America. Bull sharks are also found in freshwater lakes and rivers in Africa, where they are known as Zambezi sharks, where they have been known to attack hippos. Bull sharks also inhabit Lake Nicaragua in Central America, known there as Lake Nicaragua sharks, once believed to be a separate species of shark. Perhaps one of the most unique freshwater populations of bull sharks can be found in the 52-acre lake on Carbrook Golf Club in Queensland, Australia. Originally, six sharks entered the lake during extreme flooding in 1996. It is believed there may be as many as 12 present today. Freshwater is typically considered toxic to most sharks since they require salt in their body to survive. Bull sharks possess the ability to live in this rather abnormal habitat due to their kidneys' unique ability to recycle the salt within their bodies and special glands located near their tails also aid in salt retention. Bull sharks can survive in water with higher levels of salinity as well, more salty than the normal ocean water. They feed primarily on bony fish, such as mullet, tarpon, gar, and mackerel. They are also known to feed on stingrays, sea turtles, smaller sharks, and sometimes dolphins. 
bull sharks, like their relative the tiger shark, are considered highly aggressive animals. Due to their tendency to live in shallow coastal waters, as well as many freshwater lakes and rivers, they often come in contact with people. This frequent interaction with people in their native habitats, along with this aggressive nature, have led many to often describe the bull shark as the most dangerous shark in the world. Many documented shark attacks around the world are often attributed to the bull shark. In the early 1900s off the coast of New Jersey, a series of five shark attacks occurred over 12 days. Four of these attacks resulted in fatalities. Several attacks happened in shallow water in tidal rivers and over 15 miles from the open ocean. This incident inspired the Peter Benchley novel, Jaws, which brought great attention and fear to the white shark. Despite a white shark being caught shortly after the New Jersey attacks of 1916, a nine-foot bull shark was also caught. Many factors and some evidence have led many to claim that these attacks were probably made by the aggressive and powerful bull sharks and not the jaws of the infamous white shark. Are you looking for high quality, family-friendly podcasts? Shows that are safe for younger or more sensitive listeners? Podicongo is a reliable corner of the internet for the kind of podcasts that everyone can enjoy. From educational programs to conversational topics and incredible storytelling and role-playing shows in a variety of styles, themes, and age groups. Podicon Go is a group of independent podcast creators dedicated to creating high-quality programs that provide family fun for everyone. Visit podicongo.com for an ever-growing lineup of shows complete with descriptions and ways you can listen. Connect with the Podicon Go family-friendly podcast network on Facebook and Twitter. P-O-D-I-C-O-N. Go! It's podcast fun for everyone. Podicon Go! Widely known as the shark sucker or sucker fish, the remora is a rather odd-looking marine fish known for attaching to other large marine animals such as whales, manta rays, sea turtles, and of course, sharks. Remoras are thin, elongated, rather dark fish growing from one to three feet long, usually 11 or 12 times as long as it is wide. The lower jaw projects forward beyond the upper jaw. The remora is most often found in the warmer parts of all oceans. Remoras have no swim bladder, but they require a swift passage of water over the gills and cannot survive in still waters. Therefore, they most commonly attach to another ocean-going animal as a means of easy transportation and meals. Remoras feed on food scraps as well as small parasites on the host animal's skin, and in the case of sharks, sometimes inside their gills and mouths. Remoras adhere by means of a flat, oval-sucking disc on the top of their head. This appendage contains a variable number of paired, sharp, bony plates. Many scientists have suggested the sucker disc was derived from the dorsal fin, but in recent years, a study conducted by David Johnson of the Smithsonian's National Museum of Natural History and Rolf Britz of the Natural History Museum in London have actually shown that the remora sucker disc is in fact the remora's dorsal fin. By studying the development of the fish from the earliest larval stages to adulthood, they discovered the sucker disc is in fact the remora's modified dorsal fin. Despite their normal mode of transportation, hitching a ride on other animals, the remora is not considered to be a parasite. Instead, they are considered to have a commensal relationship with their host animal since they do not hurt them. It has been suggested that the relationship is symbiotic since the remora can obtain its food acting as a cleaner fish and removing parasites from the host animal, thus benefiting both. 
Some small remora specimens have even been found clinging to the roof on the inside of a shark's mouth. It is not known whether the sharks tolerate the remora's presence or simply have no means to remove them, but some aquarists who have worked with sharks and remoras in managed care have mentioned that some remoras do seem to be considered a nuisance by some sharks. However, remoras have no known natural predators and very few have ever been discovered in the stomach of a shark. Spawning occurs during the spring and summer months throughout most of its range and during the autumn months in the Mediterranean Sea. When the embryos hatch, the young fish have a large yolk sac, non-pigmented eyes, and an incompletely developed body. During development of the newly hatched fish, the sucking disc begins to form. Juvenile remora sometimes act as cleaning fish, setting up cleaning stations where they clean parasites off parrotfishes. Remoras live freely for about one year until reaching one to two inches in length, at which time they attach to a host animal. Although considered harmless to humans, there have been some reports of remoras following divers and attaching to the diver's legs. This can be extremely painful as the sucking disc is lined with numerous sharp ridges. In ancient Greece, sailors feared the remoras and felt they had mysterious magical powers that could slow down or stop their ships. In fact, the scientific name for the species means to hold a ship. There are eight species of remoras found worldwide. The common remora is known as the shark sucker, but some remora species appear to specialize in specific host animals. The white sucker fish seem to prefer manta rays. The spearfish remora is often found on swordfishes and other bill fishes, and the marlin sucker is most common on the marlin. The species Remora australis is often known as the whale sucker because it is almost exclusively attached to whales, dolphins, and porpoises. Despite these apparent preferences, Remoras will attach to nearly any host when the need or opportunity arises. Discover more amazing wildlife. Visit AmazingWildlifePodcast.com and learn more about the incredible animals found in the world around you. Find complete show notes from each episode and links to the many accredited zoos and aquariums that specialize in the care, research, and education of the many animals featured on our show. Many zoos offer annual family memberships, discounts, and special behind-the-scenes encounters with some of their incredible animal ambassadors. It's an adventure that's great for the whole family. Support your local zoo and discover more amazing wildlife. While they measure only a few inches to a foot long, the sea dragon may be just as fascinating and mysterious as the dragons of legend and myth. But unlike the sea dragons of maritime folklore, these unique bony fish are rather peaceful, quite delicate, and pose no threat to humans. Closely related to seahorses and pipefish, there are just three known species of marine fish known as sea dragons. The leafy sea dragon, the weedy or common sea dragon, and the newly discovered ruby sea dragon. All three species are found exclusively off the coast of southern Australia. They are typically found in shallow coastal waters where they seem to prefer seagrasses, rocky kelp forests, and seaweed beds. Despite being found in common waters, leafy and weedy sea dragons are rarely found together. Leafy sea dragons resemble floating pieces of seaweed with leaf-like appendages flowing along the length of their body. This appearance makes them difficult to spot in their natural habitat. They are relatively large compared to other seahorse species, reaching lengths of up to one foot long. Leafy sea dragons are generally orange to yellow in body color with olive-tinted appendages. Weedy sea dragons have long, slender, reddish-brown bodies, 
comprised of bony plates with yellow and purple accents and several weed-like appendages used for camouflage. Small pectoral fins on their neck are used for body positioning, while long, shallow dorsal fins are their sole means of propulsion. Males are narrower and darker than females, and both have several short spines used for protection. Their snouts are elongated and resemble other seahorses. Unlike other seahorses, though, their tails are not prehensile. The ruby sea dragon was first described in 2015. Genetic studies from the Scripps Institution of Oceanography at UC San Diego have shown this to be a distinct species with a bright shade of red-colored skin, distinctly different from the orange tint in leafy sea dragons and the yellow and purple hues of the common sea dragons. Despite only being recently recognized as a unique sea dragon, a previous specimen had existed in the Western Australia Museum unidentified for nearly 100 years. Researchers believe the animal's coloring suggested inhabits deeper waters than the leafy and common sea dragons, as the red shading would be absorbed at depth and effectively serve as camouflage for the ruby sea dragon. Sea dragons breed once a year in the early summer months. Like seahorses, male sea dragons care for the fertilized eggs. However, they do not have a specialized pouch like male seahorses. Instead, the female sea dragon deposits eggs in the skin of the male, who will carry the eggs under the tail in a brood patch. This skin is soft at the time the eggs are first embedded, but becomes hardened to form a cup around each of the 250 to 300 eggs. Each egg receives oxygen from the cup's blood-red tissue. At first, the eggs are bright pink and darken in color as they develop. It may take several hours, even days, for all of the eggs to hatch. Newly hatched sea dragons receive no further parental care, and they reach sexual maturity in approximately two years. Sea dragons do not have teeth or stomachs. Due to the lack of a stomach, they feed almost continuously. Their primary food consists of shrimp, plankton, and other small crustaceans. They use their long, thin, tubular snout to create a strong suction to rapidly suck in the food item. Special muscles in the snout can widen to accommodate different size prey. Although they have no specific natural predators, sea dragons are under increasing pressure from human-related causes. They are taken as incidental bycatch by fisheries, and one of their biggest threats is pollution. Their seagrass homes are threatened by runoff of fertilizer and wastewater. Sea dragons have also been collected for the pet trade in Chinese traditional medicine. Sea dragons are fully protected under Australia's local, state, and federal legislation. Special licenses are required to collect or export them. Very few facilities have bred sea dragons in managed care. The Aquarium of the Pacific in Long Beach, California was the first accredited facility in the world to successfully breed weedy sea dragons. Researchers have learned that individual sea dragons can now be identified by facial patterns. With ongoing studies in the wild, cooperation among facilities to better understand the reproduction and care of these amazing creatures, and by protecting their natural habitats, it may be possible to prevent these real-life dragons from becoming nothing more than a myth. Our mission is to inspire a greater awareness of global wildlife species and the importance of animals in the world's ecosystems. Amazing Wildlife is an independently produced program and is not affiliated with any specific zoological organization or facility. You can support our ongoing broadcast by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcasting app. 
Join us for more of the world's most fantastic animals on the next Amazing Wildlife. Special thanks to the following organizations for their education, research, and conservation programs that provided information for this episode. The Animal Diversity Web, the Birch Aquarium, the Dallas World Aquarium, the Florida Museum, the Monterey Bay Aquarium, Omaha's Henry Dorley Zoo and Aquarium, and the Scripps Institution of Oceanography. Some musical selections for this episode provided by Jason Shaw on audionautics.com.